going on, everyone? You're listening to the Long Island Sound Podcast, your source for everything Isles, and the only Islanders podcast not to lose a game since, are you ready for this? October 11th. I'm one of your hosts, Damon Viteri, and I'm joined by Ben Cohen. What's up? And Kenny Yavero. How's everyone doing today? Well, we're we're better now that you're back. Welcome back. We were worried about you. We thought that the squirrels had taken you. Oh my you. god. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. I have an even better update and this is no bull. This is no bull. I think we found out what happened because we found us a, a headless squirrel on our deck and there's these two cats that I think are the neighbor's cats. They just seem to be hanging around recently up on our like porch and our side entrance. And we walked out into our backyard over the weekend, and there was literally a squirrel without a head. And I was, like, kind of disturbed. Like, what could have done this? But I'm thinking it's these cats because they're kind of hanging around the same areas that we think the squirrels are going in and out. So we got built in. You should name, you should name one show. of those cats Rafi Torres because they're headhunting. Dude, what? <laughs> yeah. Or Matt Cook. There's two of them. Yeah, Matt yeah, Cook and Matt Rafi Cook Torres. And Rafi Torres. They are doing work. Dude, honestly, and then I kind of put two and two together this morning. I was because dude, this cat just comes up and, and just stares into our room. Like, because we don't have a uh, a curtain up then that's that spot of the uh, sliding glass door. This this cat's got shoulders, man. This thing's like lifting weights and definitely killing things. So I think it could easily kill a squirrel. Because someone told me a squirrel would kill a cat. I don't I don't think that's true. Like a cat can easily kill a squirrel, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nine times out of ten, cats over dogs. I mean, sorry, nine times out of ten, dogs over cats. But that one time out of ten, I'm taking the cats to to solve your squirrel problems. Dude, it's whatever. True. They're they're hunters, doing. so you know they'll they'll I get honest, the for you. And then, dude, today, today, because honestly, I know it's probably disgusting, but I didn't clean up the body after I saw it. I kind of was busy, went to work. It's gone now. This morning, it's gone. So that thing just something dragged it away, like. It was like a trophy, and then he just gone. You should have left it up on the on the yard as a as a warning oh, to all other squirrels. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Bro. That's why I left it there. But now now the whole thing's gone. Like where did it oh. go? Yeah, it was dinner. It was dinner. Raffy, <laughs> Raffy, and Cooker. <laughs> They're hungry. Well, you know, so last episode, Ben and I said, when's the next time we're going to record a podcast where the Islanders did not lose? Little did we know it would be as quick as the next episode. Our boys are streaking. Seven game winning streak. Overall record now, eight and three. NHL has the Isles top five for power rankings. And in my opinion, we're still winning despite very questionable officiating. We've got injuries piling up, and honestly, we're not playing our best hockey yet. So a lot of things to be excited about. Uh, we're going to get into the last three games this episode. We're going to talk about Broussard moving to the wing. We're going to talk about the return of Casey Zekas and the diminishing ice time of Mr. Oliver Wallstrom. But before we get into all of that, how are we doing tonight, gentlemen? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I uh, played in a in a hockey tournament this weekend, uh, roller hockey. Obviously, I'm a scrub, and I'm not actually good at hockey, but I felt like a, an all-star, honestly. I was playing with some of like, the best kids in the country, um, and I was playing on their line, so I, I was just like, don't mess up mode instead of trying to like score, which I usually try to do in my other leagues, but it was... Uh, it was good. I usually I'm on the receiving end of a team like so stacked that we just beat everybody 
handily and uh, it was actually like pretty fun to be on the uh on the winning side for once nice so yeah. on your other leagues is it also roller hockey or do you sometimes mm-hmm. play ice hockey just all just roller hockey no i mean i could i learned on ice actually like i learned how to play hockey on ice and uh got like lessons from guys who trained nhl players at some point so i feel like that's like why i'm a good skater i just kind of went to roller hockey i think because it's cheaper and my parents we also i also have a brother who is a goalie so everything's like super expensive for hockey especially when you have a goalie in the family so my parents were just like we could play on two roller hockey teams instead of one ice hockey team i just wanted to play so plus you have to you have to think about it too ken like when we were so so kenny and i are just a few years apart but we mostly started playing real competitively what would you say maybe like 90 what was it like i was was like 12 when i oh yeah so it was like late 90s early 2000s roller hockey on long island was like a hotbed like there are so many players in the nhl that played roller hockey on the island i'll tell you a cool story sonny milano like all these guys were like dude in the locker room with mosenson lemansky thompson these kids are telling like stories about like narch them playing against bobby ryan in some tournament where they're like they they beat them they beat yeah, these well, Bobby Ryan used with... to play in the Bad Apples in Jersey, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he was yeah, out in Cherry yeah, Hill. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah, Lamansky, played against them. I played against um I played against uh, uh 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 Jimmy Slater, who was like fourth liner for the Jets and the Thrashers way back when. He played for Bauer Extreme out of Ohio and yeah, Pat yeah, Maroon. I, mean, I, I asked Thompson about Pat. I'm like, is he a good guy? He's like, he's the best guy. He's so you know, blah blah blah. I can't believe you know, we we're just shooting the crap about it. And he was, you know, these are all guys that like. You know, these kids I'm playing with beat guys who were in the NHL. Like, yeah, it's roller hockey, but still, I mean, if you saw these kids play hockey, it's no different than just – it's a different pair of skates they're wearing. It's it's ones on a roller surface, ones on an ice surface. It all like these guys could all play. Like yeah, Benny Hogue used to play roller hockey out in like Bethpage, I think too. Like uh, like mm-hmm. maybe maybe ten, twelve years ago, he used to play uh, roller and, and ice and stuff. Like he was always he was always hanging around. Well, Ben, what 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 about you, man? How's your week been? Uh, it's it's going. I I'm kind of psyched because my uh, my school always has comment writing day after like the first quarter and second quarter and third quarter whatever and so usually they have it on a monday but they changed it to have it on a friday so that we can have the day after halloween off which is kind of sick Ooh. so i'm gonna go hang out with some friends um thursday night i got friday off so i'm excited for that nice, right. nice. sweet sweet just gotta get through the week yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, it's gonna be a long week because there's not a lot of hockey. Uh, not until not until what Friday night, I think. When What's we, up with uh, the schedule? Yeah, the schedule has been weird for so many teams this year. So many, so many stops and starts, and then but like why? you know, like it's the same amount of games. Like, I don't, what's the deal with this this year? I don't know. It's been bizarre. Like that one, that first week that the Rangers played like a game or two, and then they were off for like seven days. Like I don't, I don't get that. I really yeah, don't. Now, now the Islanders are doing it. It's like yeah, yeah, twice. Yeah, I mean, four days off, and then they go three and four nights, and then four days off again, and then they're gonna play a back to back. It's stupid. It's just really there must have been a lot of scheduling conflicts with teams this year because I don't ever remember it being this erratic. You yeah, know? I think it's these like I guess when an arena gets shared with other concerts and other multi facilities i think that maybe back in the day it was like just a hockey rink and it was mostly for hockey
hockey, but now it's like, you know, the situation with the Barclays Center where it's like a concert's more important than the Islanders. So, yeah, plus you have to think about it too. They've got this, these mandatory bye weeks now, and they're putting all the teams basically in, in around the same time. So you have a big gap in your schedule also that they never really had to contend with before. I mean, you'd only ever see weird schedules when the Olympics were around, you know, and, and, and then you had a, a break like that. But this is, yeah, this is really strange. So, all right, well, uh, enough about the future. Let's talk about the past here. Let's talk about the three games that the Isles have won since we last recorded, starting first with the 4-2 win against Arizona. And that one had Varley in the nets. And, uh, you know, again, I think we're just seeing the Islanders starting to come into their own and playing Islander hockey. Broussard got his first one, first game where he moved to the wing, and we're going to get into that, but uh, he, he, he gets one. Bailey stays hot. He gets his fourth of the year. Lee gets one. Um, and again, Varley looks solid. So um, I, I thought that was a real, real nice game. Scotty Mayfield ices it with an empty netter. But uh, that never yeah, felt that, like never yeah, felt like you were out of the game back, too. Right. Sezikis. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth yeah, line, yeah, yeah, fourth line was fourth back line. and humming. And, and that yeah. game just never felt like it was out of, you know, it never felt like it was out of control. I mean, even when Grabner tied it up early. Um, or, or not early, but in the first period, you still kind of felt like they weren't losing this game. And, you know, sometimes you sit back and like you watch the first period of a game and you just kind of know what the aisles, you know, if they're going to if they're going to blow it or if they're going to hold it. And this was a game that kind of always felt like it was in, in their control. They bullied them around, too. Like they were pretty physical. That's or I kind of remember the fourth line really like laying the body into them. I mean, they, they don't have anyone that's going to do anything. Yeah, well, so that's one of those games where it's like our right, structure guess, and guess size. How many hits. Guess how many hits the Isles had? 42? Mm-hmm. Close, 32. Okay, well. 32 know. to 18 hits. I mean, that's a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. And we had the puck a lot of the time. So it's that's like one of those things where if you don't have the puck a lot, you usually have more hits. But we just bullied that. We kind of handled that game, like you said. There was no point in the game where we were like, oh, we're going to lose this thing. Yeah. It helps when you're at 60% face-off wins, too. That helps with your possession. It's a shocker. <laughs> How bad is Coyotes at face-offs, then, for us to be that good? Because <laughs> we're not we're not very good at face-offs. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, you don't, you know, you, you don't it's have— like, What are you going to do? You, like, it's like you sign your four centers, and it's like, well, they just suck at face-offs. Like, what do you get? You can't really get that much better. You're not Unless you're Sidney Crosby. Like, what are you going to do? Like, well, you keep practicing we're just going We're just going like, to have bad centers now for, like, years because— like you cut, when Nelson is what it is, he's not going to get much better, you know, like maybe Barzell could still get a little bit better, obviously, but I don't know. It's kind of a, that's like the one area of our team where it's like, ugh. yeah, like we're pretty on the, we're always on the losing end of um, faceoffs, like percentage. And that's kind of a, you know, it's puck possession. It kind of it means, it means something. Yeah, well, and again, it's one of those things where I, I always say, you know, the Islanders need to improve on, on puck possession. That starts from the circle. It just does. Yeah. And and when you're losing faceoffs, it just puts you so behind the eight ball. But no, this was a good one. I mean, 60% on, on, the, on the faceoffs. Uh, again, Varley was, 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 was steady. Um, what did he have here? He had... Um, 21, 21 saves on 23 shots. How many so. shots did we have? 22. It was an even game as far as the shots go. It was more the more the the high danger stuff. I mean, Bailey's goal was kind of a, a good example, and Lee's also of this team 
just taking advantage of, of, of situations and making something out of nothing. I mean, Lee gets the goal from, from, you know, his knees basically. Um, right. This was the one where he gets knocked down. He gets up and, and, oh no, that was the Flyers game, which this no. was, uh, no, 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 you're right. This what? Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. I he was think in front so. of the net battling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's how he's going to get his goals. I, I love Bailey's goal. This was the one where Bailey was like, he just he he kind of got himself lost, which was which is what you want to do as a forward. Like he was in the slot, he was in there was two guys kind of on him, and then he just kind of just just backed off enough where he was at the top of the slot, got a nice pass from Letty, and just you know just just fired it home. And and it's that's it's a little stuff with Bailey, the little things, making making room for himself, and that was a huge goal that that put the Isles up two one, and um you know really controlled the game from that point on. Um, yeah, definitely the uh, the high danger the high danger thing you're getting to about Allard's controlling games, and it definitely over the seven game progression you can see like you know lucky to come back again against the Blues, progressing they're progressing. These are the kind of games where you know you only have 21 I think it was 21 shots on goal, but they're dominant in the high danger. I think in all three of these games that we're going to talk about their high danger chances their high danger percent was in the 60s, which is I mean, that's that's how the Islanders play. They don't have a lot of shots. They don't have a lot of possession. They lose every single faceoff, but they have the high danger chances. That's how they play, and that's how they win. Yep. And this game changed from luck to skill to Islander hockey. It was luck, and it's progressing more to how Trotz wants them to play, I think. Yeah, they're definitely looking more like the team from last year when they when they started really rolling. Um, towards the middle of the season and really kept it going all the way up until the the Carolina series and and I think you're seeing them more more in that mold now where yeah I'd been totally early in the year the wins they were getting it was they were kind of you know they were toss ups they got they got lucky on some now they're now I think they're earning the W's and they're playing the game that that I think fans are more accustomed to seeing them them play I I, I talked about you know in the lead in. I talked a little bit about the officiating. This game was god awful for for fa- for the with the, with the officiating. Yeah. Um, Wes McCauley, who is my favorite ref, and I think he's an incredible ref, uh, had a, had an off game, and um, I think Chris Sivret was was the other guy. I, was he I the young guy? His name. Yeah, the young guy. He was terrible. He was a joke. That first terrible. call was a joke. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't like to talk about the refs much, but something's I can't believe Trotz hasn't lost his mind with this yet I mean he's a he's a he's a he's a cool-headed guy but egregious plays egregious penalties in front of the ref and he's just looking at it like you know they had one power they had one power play this game and I think I think it was like a 40 40 seconds I think they they ended up taking a penalty uh somewhat um I think that was this game too I have to check on that but yeah, I mean, one power play. You can't win, you know, on, on on most nights with one power play. But this team is getting it done, which is which is nice. Um, so next game, another win against Ottawa, four two. This was a weird game. This was a nasty game. That kid um, Kachuk thinks he's so tough. I, I hate him. I hate <laughs> him so much, dude. Yeah, he's uh he's he a plays, rat. He plays, but he plays it. He plays in a, an annoying game, and he's got skill, probably even more skill but than Grant Casey though, like that. And Casey still did okay. Like Casey didn't even want to fight, and we didn't even get talking about the refs. How the refs were even worse in this game. 
Yeah. The not yeah. the non two minute. I mean, how that how is that not an instigator? Like I don't I don't get it. Like trust me, I've gotten to plenty of fights in the hockey rink. I know what an instigator is. That was an instigator. That was an extra two minutes. Yeah. Well, he grabbed he grabbed Casey. He drops the gloves. He starts throwing punches. Yeah. And Casey finally like after like the second punch is like, all right, I'm gonna drop the gloves too. Like yeah. I mean, it's just stupid. It was bad. Yeah. You said Ross, Ross Johnson out there next time and just grab him and pound his face in and just do – like, what is anyone going to do? That, well, we're going to – yeah, and we're going to get into that because because at the end of this game, Barry Trott said that the Islanders were, are going to have a long memory after this one, and we play them coming up on the fifth. And At home? I tell you, that's going to be – yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's going to be a nasty game. So um, this was the return of Noah Dobson to the lineup. Again, I say it was a weird game because Trotz, for the first time in, in a long time, dressed 11 forwards and went with seven defensemen, and it kind of blew up in their face. Kunako gets hurt. Matt Martin gets hurt. Um, you know, we get a 10-minute misconduct for really no obvious reason. Um, and, and at one point on the Isles bench, it was ridiculous. They had eight forwards. And, and I, you know— I was kind of bummed out because I thought it would have been a real good opportunity for Oliver Wallstrom, but he was scratched this game, as was Michael Dal Cole. So they went with kind of a different lineup, and they were, you know, they were just really, I mean, they were, I, I was shocked that on the second half of a back-to-back, he would go with so, you know, so few forwards. And again, you can't plan for injuries, but like the Matt Martin injury where like the door comes open and yeah, was it, was it supposed to be latched? What was it not? I mean, I know it pissed off Clutterbuck enough for him to go and chirp the bench. And then that kind of started the whole thing. So I don't know, kind of a weird game. Um, but, uh, but Letty was on fire. I mean, really could have had a natural hat trick on his own. Uh, if not for Matt Martin's shin slash knee on the third goal, but it looked for a while like Letty was going to have the hat trick. And uh, Broussard stayed hot. He scored Barzil on the on the assist. That was his fourth assist. And uh, the game was really bookended with two Tyler Ennis goals. So it was 4-2. Another one where we really, even went with Ottawa getting on the board first, uh, it was like five minutes later that Letty uh, tied it up. And, and then we just, you know, Ended up taking a 2-1 lead in the first period and really never looked back from there. Just just kind of stepped on their throat. And that's a that's a bad hockey team up there. That is just a, a, a real bad hockey team. Yeah. Oh, it's not it's, oh, it's not looking good for them, is it? When they come to the Barclay Center, oof, with a combination of them just being an awful team, the Islanders hopefully still being, you know, good. <laughs> and then the, the revenge that's going to come, it's not looking good for them in the fifth. The worst, it's not looking yeah. good for them this season. The worst thing that ever happened to them was Martin getting hurt and now Johnson having to be in the lineup. <laughs> like, because now he's just going to uh, – I can't wait. I can't wait. That's what I said on Twitter, and I got into it with a Senators fan because he was like, yeah, okay. And I said, do you – Yeah, even, okay. What is the game? Like, do you even know what you're talking about? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, this kid – oh, it's so funny. This kid's like, you won your cups when there were 11 teams in the league. I was like, try 21. Google's your friend. And he's like, oh, fat fingers, what's your excuse? I said, for what? Like, <laughs> it was really bad. I'm like, you guys really have, like, you've lost yourselves up there. I feel bad for you. Say hi to Eugene Melnick for me. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that was just, it was a rough game. Grice got the start in that one. Uh, I, I thought he played well. You know, he had, uh, what, 22, um, or no, he had, I'm sorry, he had 30 saves um, on 32 shots. 
Isles had 24 shots. So they were outshot again. But And and this one, we, we went back to what we're used to with Islander hockey, which was uh, losing the faceoff battle 61% to, to 39%. So, um, you know, really. I thought, I thought obviously, Nick Letty had a game. Um, it's like, I feel like he should be able to do that more consistently, though, because he has that kind of skill. It's just I, he doesn't I don't know. Does he not play assertive or consistent? I, I don't know. He looks he looks better as of recently. Every everyone just looks more comfortable. That's I guess that's you know what happens when you're on a seven game winning streak and everything just kind of looks like it's working and it's okay. But I thought Barzell was like played really well that game. He's kind of buzzing around like doing his thing. He I, you know he didn't score. Actually, did he score a goal? No, he didn't score. He had he had an assist. He hit the crossbar though uh, on like a little a little move. Like he had a couple like. Real nice, making something out of nothing. Typical Barzell moves. Yeah, um, and I think so uh, didn't Bovi Bovi hit two posts, didn't he, in the same spot mm-hmm. twice? He yeah, was, he had a game too. I yeah, mean, you know what? On the Maybe, score it was sheet, yeah. Maybe it was Beauvillier that that hit the post, not Barzell. Yeah, Barzell had Barzell. Okay, that's okay. Barzell though is like you can see with Trotz's, you know, coaching style how how Barzell sort of quieted down and picked it up, you know, in the in the playoffs a bit, and, and to the start of the season, I think he has nine points in 11 games. Originally, it was 10, but I think they took an assist off him, um, which was annoying, because I think now Nelson is the leader in points, and before it was Nelson and Barzell. Anyway, uh, Barzell is the, you know, the obvious case, because, you know, Barzell's the most conspicuous guy on the ice from for both teams nine games out of 10. But the truth of the matter is that at, to my mind, at least all of the Islanders players, even the defensive-minded ones, go th- are are going through this this I don't know how evolution is what I'm looking for evolution of their of their games to to Trotz's liking, and it you know the it seemed like it clicked together sometime in the middle of last season after you know 30-ish games, and but the fact that this is clicking now, you know, people will say that that don't watch the Islanders, you know, this is not. This is not here to stay. It's the Islanders. It's blah blah blah. But you know, even NHL Network is is starting to to acknowledge the Islanders, like top ten, top five in the power rankings. And to my mind, at least, I don't think this is anything temporary because the Islanders are showing that they are learning this trot system and they're only getting better. And it's not just one guy. It's Letty. Last year, he'd learned the defensive system. I don't remember what his plus minus was last year. Let me get it up. I think it was like even. It was, he was even. And the he year was, before, it was, it was like minus really, 42. Yeah, he was a minus 42 the year before. And yeah, and last year, he was like, I think he was even or, or close to it. Yeah. But, well, you know, I think what, what I love saying, about like, Trotz, yeah, what I yeah. absolutely love about Trotz is what he says. You know, you hear him talking about Matt Barzell. And I think this probably goes for, for all, the, you know, for everyone on the team. But he says, when you have the puck, you do you. When you don't have the puck, you will do what I say. And I just love that because it doesn't stifle creativity. It lets these guys play the style they want to play when they have the puck. But when you when you don't have it, come back and and we're going to get into the Flyers game. But but Barzell saved the goal playing solid defense uh, in that Philly game. And and that's what you're starting to see now. You're starting to see both ends of the ice. And that was something I don't care what anybody says. You never saw that out of John Tavares. And yeah. you're starting to see that out of Matt Barzell. And that is what I absolutely love about this kid. Exactly what you said about the how you do you with the puck, but when you don't have the puck, you do what I say. And the stress was 
when you don't have the puck, you do what I say is way, 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 way more important than when you do have the puck. Now, we said it about about Letty, about about Nelson last year, and we're saying it about we should be saying it about the whole team. Beauvillier too, um, specifically, is one of the guys that comes to mind. Is they're they're they now don't have to think about what to do without the puck because it, it's becoming second nature. It's becoming habit that they can start to think more about, you know, Barzal doing Barzal when he has the puck because he doesn't have to, he's not still learning the defensive game. I mean, he, you always learn, you're always continuing to learn, but he's starting to become more, more of a veteran of the league. Not, I mean, a veteran is, is harsh, but more, you know, experienced, more accustomed to the league. And the more, way this league is getting young, Ben, you're not wrong. I mean, three three years of service, you're you're, you're starting to get veteran status, so yeah, you're probably closer than you, than you think here with that. And I think you're right. You know, I just want to chime in on what you said earlier about how you know the league is taking notice, and it's not a fluke. I mean, we we said it a, a million times, and we're going to keep saying it. They had 103 points last season. They're eight and three to start the season this year. They are not a fluke. They swept Pittsburgh. Yeah, they they stumbled in the second round, but like this is not a team that's just playing hot or playing above their means. This is a this is a team that believes in themselves. They play a solid game and they play a consistent game, and and it showed and they all of last here. year, and it's showing the beginning of this year. So yeah. and, and probably improving over where they were last year. So you can't say that it's a fluke. I mean, I just think they're finally starting to open people's eyes. And again, I said it I think last episode, and I can't wait to see if the Isles put another solid campaign together of 100 points or 95-plus points, what are they going to say then? Yeah. I mean, it seems like the Islanders never get any kind of respect like on any kind of national level, especially on NHL.com. It's always like flyers make a couple signings, and they're the team that's going to be watch out for them. And then, or, you know, Carolina, they used to pump their tires. They've been right about them. They're obviously legit. But – I mean, the Islanders, you, you look at the teams that Trotz, like Trotz has gotten a lot out of some pretty mediocre Nashville teams. The Islanders have way more skill than the teams that he was winning with in Nashville. I mean, yeah, he got to Washington and had some obviously superstars on his team, but the Islanders are kind of built perfect for Barry Trotz. Not too many stud stars. I mean, I guess Barzell's your real star, but everyone else is pretty like even on the like average to a slightly above average scale, like Lee's slightly above average forward, Bailey, Nelson, but we don't have an Ovechkin, but you can get a lot out of 720 goal scores, which the Islanders clearly have on this roster. Everyone seems way more comfortable and they all want to be here. They all resigned here for less money. So this is is good. You talk about superstars. And I think you're, you're, you're meaning, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I think you're talking about it from, the standpoint of of stats, goals, and points, but yeah, I would I would disagree with you in the sta- from the standpoint that you know Matt Barzell is in the top five for uh, zone time per game. He's tied with Connor McDavid as far as that goes, and you know you've got guys like Kane, Panarin, McDavid in that in that list. So yeah, another maybe- Eichel. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Jack Eichel. Thank you, thank you. That rounds out the top five. So. We have yeah, one guy, maybe. yeah, who who could be a superstar. I think he is, if as long as he keeps playing the way he is right now, th- for this whole year, that would be like okay, he's there. But last year he wasn't that. He was pretty good. 
But this year he's looking better. And if he plays like this, then he's our superstar. He's our, our Vetchkin. You know what I mean? But we don't have a Kuznetsov, really. I mean, or a Backstrom probably, or a Carlson. Right. We're just built different. But Speaking Trotsky's of Carlson, still getting, he, yeah. just, he, just, he just blasted one home on the power play. They're up 2-1 on the Leafs. Can, can anyone stop this kid? It, He's like leading the NHL in points as a defenseman. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable no, the season that John Carlson is having. Crazy. Yeah. And also, Kenny, I want to just um, give a shout-out to Brian Lawton. He's on the NHL Network, and he has been banging the Islanders' drum since last year. He has always a better team than people give them credit for. And he's always on hyping up trots and basically saying things that the Island, he was brought on hockey central a couple of, couple of days ago to talk about the Maple Leafs. And all he kept saying was the Maple Leafs seem to be more like the Islanders. And it was awesome. So I, Brian Lawton, really? he's a, he's yeah, he's one to get behind. Okay. So, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I know who he is. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. yep. All right. So last game was against the flyers and a uh, big five, three Isles win. Uh, we had Varley in the net for that one. A really crazy first period. It was like three two after one. Um, there were fights. There were there were goals. It was it was nuts. Um, you know, Lee got another one. Broussard, his third in a row. He's got three goals now in in three straight games. Brock Nelson with his sixth assist on that play. Ross Johnston with his first of the season on a great play. Great pass from Cole Bardrow. And Oliver Wallstrom made that play with a real hard forecheck, a real hard hit, separated the defenseman from the puck. And Bardrow made a great pass. That was that was really nice to see. Um, and obviously, Wallstrom is back in the lineup. Bardrow is back in the lineup. Barzil had his fifth. Pollock had his first of the year. Uh, the boys were buzzing. I mean, it was 5-2 um, by the second period, and they just— Again, Islanders hockey locked it down. Um, I, I I think, based on what we have from a roster standpoint, I said that this was maybe, with the exception of Jordan Eberle, he's, he's still out with the injury. With the exception of Eberle, this may be the most skilled lineup that the Isles could ice right now. The lines were Lee, Barzi, Bailey. Then you had Broussard with Nelson and Beauvillier. You had Clutterbuck playing with Casey and Michael Dalcole, and then your quote-unquote fourth line was Wallstrom, Bardreau, and Ross Johnston. And that is – you've got skill on every line there, you can argue. There, there are no one-way players. You know, with all with, with, with respect to Komarov and Kunakel and, you know, even Matt Martin – those guys aren't necessarily finishers. They're not going to make plays. You had a very skilled lineup, and this offense exploded this game. Their forecheck was was aggressive. They forced so many turnovers. And Carter Hart didn't have his best game for the Flyers. You know, they, I think the Owls had like three goals on the first nine shots of the game. But um, they earned it. They earned it. They were buzzing this game. And I thought this was one of their more complete games of the season. They really made Philly look look lost in their own zone. Well, let me ask you this. When Everly comes back out of the lineup you just named, who comes out? Well, we're going to kind of get to it, but I think right now you're going to see Wallstrom get out because he's his ice time so? dropping and dropping. And what I don't about think Dal-Kol? it's justified. Dal Cole's looked okay. Like I, I, yeah, think, I still don't like, I still don't, I don't even know what he is. Like, what is he supposed to, like. Look, Kenny, in a vacuum. I understand. Vacuum, it's not hurting Wallstrom us, should but. be. Wallstrom would stay and Dal Cole would go down. But Wallstrom can play top six minutes in Bridgeport. He can play more power play time in Bridgeport. I think they still want to get him seasoned where Dal Cole's a lot older. 
He's been through it last year, and they're going to keep him up regardless. I would, I want Wallstrom up all year. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been so disappointed to see him get relegated to the fourth line. I don't think that he's done anything really wrong. I mean, yeah, he had he had he had one rough game against the Blue Jackets, and I don't even think it was that bad of a game. But his ice time is dropped. I mean, I have it written down here. And we'll just jump to it while we're talking about the game against St. Louis. Wallstrom was at 15 minutes. Then in Winnipeg, he was at 13 minutes. Columbus, he was just shy of 11 minutes. Arizona, he was at 7 minutes, 20 seconds. He was scratched against Ottawa. Then he came back and played 8.5 minutes against Philly. Now, I think Bardreau had a worse game, even though he made that great pass. I think Bardreau had a—he took a bad penalty in this game, a really kind of an overzealous cross-check. And then he made a couple of bad passes, one of which led to a Flyers goal. So I I think that Bardreau is probably going to go back, too. At some point, but yeah, I think when Ebbs comes back, it's it's unfortunately I think it's going to be Wallstrom that that goes. We'll see, but yeah, I, I I agree almost on every account. It's just it's I just don't I don't know. Yeah, Dalcal is the safe move right now, and his versatility of being able to play bottom six and you know it's makes sense. Like I get it. I just I don't like his game. I, I, I think don't... the what I the the reason that I would point to to for Del Cole staying up is that he played with Sezikis and Clutterbuck um, against the Flyers, which was is the game we're talking about. Yeah, so in this game. And I'm just getting up the ice time right now because I believe that, that Del Cole was last in ice time. But but for whatever... Oh, oh he was not. Michael Del Cole played 12 minutes. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so Del Cole played... A considerable um, a considerable amount of time with with Clutterbuck and Sezikis. Clutterbuck and Sezikis reach in the 16s, but those four minutes I I think are you know just like maybe an extra shift and and some penalty no, penalty, penalty kill, kill. yeah penalty exactly kill. Yep. and so so Del Cole was trusted to play to play straight up with them, um and I didn't think he was great I didn't think he was he was bad he was just kind of there which is kind of not what you want from someone playing with Sezikis and Clutterbuck but I think that if against Tampa Bay, Del Cole is, is run out with, with Sezikis and Clutterbuck, that's going to be a sign that he's the guy that's going to play with play with them until Martin comes back. Whatever For whatever reason, they like Johnston with Bardreau and Wallstrom. I think mostly because they just wanted those three guys to be on the ice for as little time as possible. But Yeah, but that wasn't a bad makeup, that line. Because, you know, Bardreau's, Bardreau is kind of like a, a, a poor man's Casey Sezikis right now where he he goes, he's got a good motor, he hits, Wallstrom can snipe, and Ross Johnson's got some skill. Like I said a few times, I'm like, I wouldn't mind seeing this line get mm-hmm. some more ice time. I mean, eight, eight you know, eight and a half Dude, minutes Johnson's for Wallstrom. Johnson's underrated. Is, yeah, yeah. And, he's and, so underrated, you know, man. He really is. He, he is. Yeah, he's got some good – he's got some skill, and I felt bad for Wallstrom because – his line mates took some penalties. Johnson took a two-minute penalty. Then Johnson got the five-minute, you know, uh, fight against Chris Stewart. Bardreau, again, I mentioned that with the penalty. So he really didn't get much flow. I know that Trotz tried to get him on the second-unit power play, and they didn't. They weren't really clicking. They had they had two chances uh, this game. But yeah, it's still not enough time for him. And and I don't know. I it'll be interesting to see who comes back when and. You know, we were debating for so long who that who's going to be on that third line, and you basically have like 
Bridgeport call-ups now already on that line because you've got so many injuries. Martin's out four to six weeks. Kunakel's out four to six weeks. We really don't know what's going on with Komarov. I mean, he looked okay. He was dressed up uh, in his Halloween costume, so he didn't look he didn't look like he was that sick. He could go out for Halloween, so he's probably going to be back in the lineup. But I wouldn't mind if he's the only one who comes back, if Eberle's still out. Uh, and shout out to Jordan Eberle for his Tooth Fairy costume. He was the Tooth Fairy and his wife was the Tooth. That was another funny costume, too. Check it out. Um, when I, if Eberly's not back and it's Komarov back, I wouldn't mind seeing Bardro go down to Bridgeport and see Komarov center that fourth line and keep Wallstrom and Johnston on that line. When Eberly comes back, then they need to fit Josh Bailey somewhere, and and then we'll see. Bailey may end up dropping down to that that four, that uh, Casey line. We'll see, and, and you know. Um, They've so got the, tr- the words right out of my mouth. I was literally just going to say that it looks like Kamarov's going to be the first guy back, and he should he'll probably take Bardro's spot. And I, I don't think that's a bad that's a bad swap for for that for that line three guys that are not going to play so often. Kamarov will get some penalty kill time, um, and it's the kind of thing where you're not going to. I don't I don't think that Trotz would be inclined to to move around the lines if you're move, putting Kamarov in and taking what you think would be Bardro out. Because, you know, imagine a line of Wallstrom, Del Cole, and Johnston. Like, that that's not appealing. Nothing not going to happen with them three on the ice. Right, right. Because but, you don't have a you don't have a generator out there. You yeah. need like you need a you need a Beauvillier, you need a Bardreau, you need a Casey Sezikis. Those are guys that they have they're gonna be first in on the four check. You know, Wallstrom's yeah. game is not is not his foot speed and it's not his four check. He plays heavy, which I love. But it's a shot, so he's going to hover in the slot. He's not going to be in the in the corners as much as as a Casey would or as he, as a Bardro would. So although, it all depends on the makeup of these lines too. I think. yeah. Although Damon, what you said about about Wallstrom not being the first on the forecheck, which is spot on, because on Johnston's goal he was second on the forecheck. Bardro went on went to I forget who the who the Flyers Flyers players were, but he went to the the Flyers player on the puck who moved it over to the guy, to the guy right next to him, and Wallstrom lasered him against the boards, which freed up the puck, and Bargero put, put it on, on, on Ross Johnston's stick, and then it was in the back of the net, and, and that goal is, is Oliver Wallstrom. And it's the kind yep. of thing where, I don't know if you guys remember, but the game against the Blues, he threw like two hits in his first two shifts, and we were talking about, you know, that's more than Michael Dow Cole's done all year, and shit like that. And so, you know, Wallstrom is, I thought, got back to his game in in the last game. I think that he sort of faded away a little bit in in between, and you know, obviously dropped ice time for it. But he will at least get a couple more games, which is why I think that the idea, you know, the the talks of you know who's going to replace who when guys come back is is obviously important. But it's it's maybe a little bit premature because when when are they coming back? Aside from Komarov, who, as you said, looked like he'll be soon, and it doesn't seem like Wallstrom's going to be the guy coming out for him. You know, I think that Wallstrom's going to get a couple more games before before anything happens. Isn't Lad practicing? Oh, yeah, he's still going to be late November. They're saying though. Oh, okay, all right. So So again, like he's going to be out for out for a while. So Wallstrom is going to get get more opportunities, and if he, I think he played enough to show that he at least deserves more than the 804 or something ice time that he got that he got against Philly the only issue is that he's playing on a line with two guys who aren't going to get more than 8 minutes of ice time so it's like where are you going to fit him in ideally on you know more than one or two power plays a game 
But yeah. I mean, you might think I'm crazy, but because they're winning, and why would you mess with that? But I would love to see. I mean, I've said it so many times. Give Wallstrom like a period or two of top six minutes and just see what he does. He's he's got the tools. It's clear that he's mm-hmm. got the tools. And and I just I, I'm going to be crushed when he goes back because I think it's just going to be a numbers game. And I think Eberle's closer than you think. And with this four day layoff, I wouldn't be shocked if it's both Komarov and Eberle that are back in the lineup. And if that's the case, then you're going to see Bardreau and, and Wallstrom going back to Bridgeport, I think. What would you uh, do with Broussard? Broussard's going to stay on the wing, man. Three goals in three games, yeah. you know? I mean, he's okay. he, he's yeah. been hot. He's been hot. I mean, he's on my list of, you know, I put together some observations during the winning streak. One is obviously we talked about, and we are talking about, Oliver Wallstrom. Um, the other one was Broussard. Broussard started the season and and Ben and I talked about it last last episode started the season his first eight games at center he's minus five he has one point one assist trots looks like a genius he moves him off the he moves him off center to the wing and he gets a goal in every game he's played on the wing so far now one of them was just right place right time but you know what that's okay you take those and if that's what got him started awesome but he's got three goals and he's a plus two now um, in, in those in those last three games. Still a minus three in the season, but plus two last three games. So that's working. The top six is working. We're scoring goals. And, you know, I think you keep Broussard playing with Nelson and Beauvillier. But he looks like he looks like a different player out there now. He looks a lot more relaxed. And, I mean, he, he, he took that – he had that goal against uh, against Philly where – you know, it wasn't a great shot, but it's a shot you take when you're playing with confidence, and it went in. So, I think that's. I think. I think Ben is finally. Ben was gonna be right. Ben, I think we both might be right here. I said that Brassard wasn't exactly the answer I was looking for at three C, and you said Brassard was gonna have a great year. And you know what? We might both be right. Who knew that the two were not mutually exclusive? Right. Right. <laughs> yep. I, and, uh, I think it might have been my pinned tweet actually. Is it my pen tweet or did I change it? I feel like Bertard will be the – oh, no, I changed it to a gif of uh, a former soccer player, legend of the game, Thierry Henry, with the – and he, there's this, like, iconic thing of him, like, trying not to laugh in a studio, like an analyst studio, which is real-life human people thought the Rangers would be better than the Isles this season. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, but Broussard, yeah. I also, I think I had tweet pinned before that Broussard will be one of the better free agent signings this year, UFA signings this year. And I stand by it. It it wasn't looking good there. It wasn't looking good, but. All right. So plus minus 15 goals on the, on the year. Like over under? Yeah. Yeah. You think he's going to get more than 15? Can you give me like a 15 and a half or a 14 and a half? No, no, either <laughs> over or under, man. Over 15 goals, yes or no? Uh, Kenny. No. Yeah, okay, no. All right, so he's not going to get 15, Kenny. What do you, but what about you? 15? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20? No, no, not 20. So, I think he had 15. But Damon, Damon. Yeah. Over under 25 points. Um, Ooh. yeah, I'd take that. I'd take that. Over under 30 points. No. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is I'm thinking like 
14 goals, 15 assists, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, look, if he sta- it all depends on on how this whole thing shakes out. If he stays with Nelson and Beauvillier and those guys continue to play good hockey, uh, yeah, I mean, he's I think easily 25 to to 30. If he starts stumbling again and they and he gets relegated to the, you know, fourth line, third line, then uh, maybe not. But I, I think it'll be interesting to see. And, um, and, and you know, this is a little fun fact for you. The Islanders are fourth-ranked power play in the league, 27.8%. On, like, three attempts. We have, like, two goals and three, ass- yeah. and, and three attempts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been bad. Again, the officiating, we, we talked about that. They had three power plays against um, Ottawa. They had two power plays against the Flyers. But it's still, I mean, the way they're playing these games, they're, I mean, at some point they got to start getting respect. I think they will. I think it's a fluke, honestly. But two things I wanted to do. First of all, it's become a theme on the last two or three um, pods where I have criticized a defenseman and he has stepped up and played well. I criticized Johnny Boychuk and when he came back into the lineup, he was solid and he has been solid. I think he has six points in 10 games, which is ridiculous. Like, go you, Johnny Boychuk. Um, And then I criticized... Who did I criticize? I criticized Adam Pellick and and Ryan Pulak together. And last week, Pellick stepped up. And then last week, I criticized Pulak alone. And Pulak has stepped up. I'm I'm really liking his play again. And and so I'm I'm just got got to think like what who's the defenseman that I that needs to perform better so that they can automatically be be amazing next week. I think Scott Mayfield, right? There you go. Scott if you had to take an odd one out, it would probably be Scott Mayfield, right? Because, like, Taves has been kind of eh defensively, but he has, like, a gajillion points, so you can't really... I think Mayfield needs a fight. Yeah, he needs something to get, like... He needs when to do we play going. Ottawa? A couple days? The fifth. The fifth. So we've I got back-to-back. Go. Back. We've I got think, Tampa. I think we've got... Johnson and Mayfield fight in against Ottawa. Yeah, for sure. I can see that. I can see that. It's also going to depend on how they do with this back-to-back, because they're playing Tampa, then they're playing Buffalo. Two, two, two tough games. Um, and then they yeah, and then they have the, the revengeance game against uh, against the Senators. So guys, guess how many points Devin Taves has in eleven games? Eight. Yep, eight. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Seven Google or eight. Six yeah. assists. Quietly, you know, quietly. Absolutely ridiculous. Like his plus minus is one. So like, okay, but so it, it he's not been the best defensively. Neither has Scott Mayfield. I want to look up Mayfield's plus minus. Um, but. Taves is, I mean, he's becoming the more offensive. I looked up Mayfield stats and Baker Mayfield came up and I should have been smarter. <laughs> yeah. No, he's been good. And again, this D in general is like, they're just quietly kind of going about their business. Sometimes guys have off games, but as a unit, they are just from one through six, the most consistent D. I mean, who's who besides maybe Carolina, who has a better defense? Nashville, maybe? But like one through six, man, these guys are quiet monsters. Well, All that's the thing is that you can name, if you're going on paper, you can probably name five or ten. But that's because. No, that many? No, maybe no, no, no. Think about it. No, no, no. I'm not talking about in real, like real life. On paper, if you're looking at names from the from the NHL, which is bias against the Islanders' perspective, you can name five or ten, and that would be wrong. Because 
there are very few, like you said, defense, defenses that are better than the Islanders. They don't have flashy names. Devin Taze is not a flashy name. He has eight points in 11 games. Scott Mayfield has been the weakest Islanders defenseman, and he's only a minus one. And because I'm calling him at, calling him out a week from today, he's going to have a plus one or an even or something like that. These, Probably. these names aren't, aren't flashy. Even, even like Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk have, I don't want to say lost their shine, but you know, they're not the names they used to be. Ryan Pulak has, has been one of the best defensemen in the league for a year and a couple games. And, I wouldn't say best in the league, but he's been good. He's been been real good. He's been one of the better defensemen in the league. He's been, I would say, top 20 in the league. Yeah, I would give you top 20. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but But, yeah. Oh, in the upper tier for sure. But but top 20 defensemen should be household names. Ryan Pulak is not a household name in non-Islanders. Right, right. But that's the thing is what I meant by on paper is like, what if you just like ask someone random to name their best defenses? They, I don't think the Islanders are there, but they should be, and they are in real life, mm-hmm. and they're showing it day in and day out. Are they not? No, I, 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 I agree with that absolutely. I mean, their their record speaks for itself. Eight and three. I mean, that that three. says it all. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on during this winning streak was. Just how different this hockey team looks when Casey Sezikis is in the lineup. I mean, this this kid is just he just goes and goes. I mean, he is he is a a, a dog on the puck. He just bodies people. He wins the battles. He's always cycling. He kills penalties. He is he is so important to this team. I would almost say. He's the second most important forward that we have. Yeah, especially being a center. A center, you know, he like him and Barzell are probably our two most important guys. But I, I feel like he's like the perfect Barry Trotz player. Like you want to talk about Trotz's system? If he could have twelve cases of Zika's, you know, they would, you know, the Islanders would be undefeated because this kid just plays. Islanders hockey or trots hockey, whatever you want to call it now. He he's just he's a beast out there, man. He just kind of makes that whole fourth line and that whole style of play go. Um and he and he can score too. He could chip in offensively. He's not just like a one dimensional guy. Um he arguably I think he's a third line center stuck on a fourth line in the Islanders, but um yeah, Casey Zekas is super underrated, doesn't get enough credit. Love the guy. How can you not love the guy? Ugh, number fifty. And he's always smiling, and he's always just—he's always working hard. One yep. of the guys that's high up on my jersey list. Like, if do you keep those lists? Like, if you were to get an Islanders jersey right now, who's on the back? Mm-hmm. Always he's high up. He's high up on that list. Mine's Bailey, just because I feel like I've represented Josh Bailey for so long that now it's fine. You know, it's finally time to—it's finally time to put it on the sweater. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I talked about the, the upcoming games here. The boys are going to be – we've got a couple days off here. Then they're going to be at home against Tampa. They go back-to-back against Buffalo. They're going to go up to Buffalo for that game. Buffalo's been playing real well. And then they're home for the next three. They've got Ottawa, Pittsburgh, and Florida. So, you know, winnable games. I mean, if they can, if they can just keep winning, you know – 
two out of three, keep getting points. I mean, I don't know if they're going to keep, you know, eight wins out of 11, you know, if, if that's sustainable for this team. But, but man, it's a good start. It's a real good start. Is the Pittsburgh game at the Coliseum? Because that might not be fun for them. You know, oh, Barclays Center. Yeah, it's a Barclays Center. At since the sweep. Um, no, no. You haven't played them this year, right? No, no, they haven't played Pittsburgh yet. Yeah, exactly. That's gonna be fun. Um, also, before we move on, I wanted to take a second because we have acknowledged so many amazing performers. Kenny, the whole team's playing well. We had a deep to Mayfield to kind of say do a little bit better, maybe. And, you know, we last year we were the Bo fan club. The week before we were the Bailey fan club. You know, Barzal, who just talked about Sezikis. Can we talk about the Islanders point leader, Nelson? Four goals, six assists. Just continuing everything from last year. He's been a point-per-game player. Like, point-per-game Brock Nelson, what? Well, Brocktober Brock Nelson. So. Yeah, I want to see what happens in November. I want, yeah. I want to see a month from now. Yeah, but, <laughs> I, I'm just. I if really, he does it again this month, continue it. I need him to continue it. If he just falls off the face of the earth, I'm I'm gonna cry. I don't think he was. He's not gonna fall off the face of the earth, but he it's it's gonna be like a slower trickle. It's just it's not, not gonna be it's like not this. Gonna be a point per game player, but you know he could he, be. He's the Brock but, Nelson of last year. Give me all. Give me that all day. Like yeah, oh for sure. He's a he's a very serviceable two center for this team and I think with Barry Trotz behind the helm, you're not going to see Brock fading. He's going to he holds his players accountable and and he's going to keep doing that. I mean, he's getting the most out of out of just about everyone. And what's exciting about this season so far that I'm seeing is that they are offensively, especially during the seven-game winning streak, they're starting to really come into their own while continuing to play that shutdown, you know, lockdown D. I mean, we're not winning games 2-1. We're winning 5-3 and, you know, 4-2. And I'm okay with that. I think think you're going to see more goals this year. You're not going to see – they're not going to win the Jennings two years in a row, I don't think. And it's not because Grice and Varley aren't playing well. I just think they're playing a little bit more of an open style. But that's okay. We can we can open it up a little bit, and I think you're going to see points, you know, higher point values for everybody, Brock included. But yeah, put an asterisk on this because it's October, and that's just Brock's a fast starter. Let's see what he does in another in another you know another month. Um, Bo didn't really get on the score sheet. He hit three posts by my count in the last two games, but he is so noticeable. He really, I I think that he is 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 really forming into. Casey Sezikis on the wing. He's going. He's he's winning the puck battles. He's forcing turnovers. He's skating, skating, skating. I love what Bo's doing this year. Yeah, he's one of our best defensive players, you know. But and that's what we were saying. Like, what is he going to be good at? Because if he's not scoring, he's still the best defensive forward out there. So it's a good problem to have. Imagine saying that a year ago. Even I mean, you all. I always knew that he was really, really good defensively because really? Capuano, yeah, Capuano played him the first year when he was like 18 years old or 19 years old over Barzell just because Beauvillier was so good defensively. He, you know, like that was important to Capuano. He didn't care about the offensive crap. Like clearly, yep. he like didn't even 
give Barzell a chance. Like, yeah, because Beauvillier was so good defensively, he didn't give a shit. You know, it was like, you know, but that's the thing. Beauvillier has more than just that. Like, he can score too, and you saw that the first week of the season. Then he's kind of like disappears a little bit. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but he's not be. disappearing though. Like, no, yeah, no. maybe on the score, maybe score maybe sheet. on That's the I mean. score yeah. sheet, but like yeah. he is so noticeable in every facet of the game, and he hasn't had the luck either. Again, three posts, but he's 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 aggressive toward you know making making moves towards the net. He's 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 retrieving the puck like he is a different player than the bow from last year, and I think that he he got the nod over Barzi when they were when they when they were both drafted. Because he's a, a little bit more cerebral, he can understand the systems. And I think now, again, uh, consistency is so important. You saw Jordan Eberle. He re-signed, and the first thing he said was, this is the first time I'm, I have a consistent coach. I know what I'm coming back to. You know, he's bouncing around in Edmonton. The Islanders had a couple of coaches. Like, these guys want stability. It means so much to have that 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 constant you know, you know where you're supposed to be. You know what you're supposed to do, and you're not having to think, "Oh, what does this coach want me to do? What are we changing up?" What you know, that's huge. And you're going to see all these guys, I think, really excel this year because they don't have to worry about thinking where they're supposed to be. They can just do because they know what to do now. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, boys, you got anything else to uh, to talk about before we we take this one home? No, nah, I'm all good. I'm ready to go to sleep. <laughs> This yeah. kid, man, he goes to bed. It's like I'm, I'm ramping up. We got nine. There's nine hockey games on tonight. I am like, I'm juiced. Dude, I, I got the third period coming up. Maple Leafs, Caps. You know, Kenny's taping the Ranger game for on the DVR. Yeah. I know, dude. Let's go. I, I, I'm just, I'm a pretend Islander fan for the podcast. Yeah, I'm go. actually a Ranger fan. Well, if you really pay attention, <laughs> most of you know Kenny will just he's got he's got a few talking points. I feed him before the show, and then he just kind of puts his own spin on it. And uh... we actually have <laughs> Chris Kreider. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish. It's actually Chris Kreider. We don't actually have Chris Kreider. Kenny looks a lot like Chris Kreider. Apparently, uh, yeah, I'm better at hockey than Chris Kreider. <laughs> I just don't oh my like God! Him. Just kidding. Six nothing. <laughs> All right, don't say the score of the Ranger game. Seriously, don't do it. Is it really six? <laughs> oh, wow, it is six nothing. Jeez, Philly. Philly, Philly. Hey, Jules, how about them Flyers? <laughs> ouch, ouch. All right, well, again, everyone, we we appreciate you sticking with uh, the show, and 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 uh, we appreciate all all of our listens each and every week. We know you have a lot of options, and we're glad that uh, you make us one of them. So, uh, again, questions, comments, anything you want to share on the show, you can hit us up on Twitter. Ben is at LISound underscore. I'm at KaijuBlue13. And uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Anchor FM, on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Leave us a review. Follow us on Facebook, the Long Island Sound Podcast. We uh, post our episodes on there, too. And we love, it's a great way to interact with everybody on there. So for Ben and Kenny, I'm Damon. Thanks for listening. Later.